0: following podcast contains spoilers and words like and gosh mate did we watch a thing this week yeah we did hello everybody and welcome back to we watched a thing it's b dizzle and again this week i don't have Tofu with me instead i have someone who's even better I'm so lucky to be joined by a great friend of the show, one of our first podcasting buddies, really, Julio from The Contrarians Podcast. How are you doing, mate? Hey, how's it
1: going? How appropriate uh, that we're doing a movie uh, called Little Children while Tofer is <laughs> busy with a small child of his own.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy to be doing this movie with you. It's great because the problem with doing the throwbacks with Topher is because we've been friends for so long every movie that we genuinely really love the other one is usually seen already probably on our recommendation which is why I feel like I've gotten a rotten run on the show because I, I get the bad look of throwing out things like Sphere and Tommy Boy. and, But, you know, when, when you and I were talking about doing an episode and we decided to do a throwback and I was able to send you my my list of 100 favourite movies and this was very high up there. I was so glad that you hadn't seen it because finally I get to show people I do like good movies or I hope that's what I'm going to show. I don't know what you thought of it yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, this. I, I was happy that, that that we could do something that was on your list and that would also basically take care of a of a major blind spot on on my on my own list. Is this
0: is uh, a yeah. you know, Kate Winslet alone is enough to make me want to watch any movie. Yeah. So you you said that you actually owned it on DVD. That's that's pretty common for you, isn't it? To have DVDs oh, yeah. that you haven't even opened or watched. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have some that are still in the wrapper. It's just uh, uh,
1: I don't do it anymore. I now I if I buy something it's something that uh, I know that I uh, I'm going to watch right away or I know that it's there's a scheduled time for me to watch it but uh, or it's a criterion that you know because there's a sale but uh, for the most part I just I stepped away from the whole like I'm just gonna buy it because it's cheap and you know <laughs> I'll buy it at some point um, it's it's become a lot easier because now you can find stuff streaming most of the time but back in back in the day, There was a lot of like, oh, well, you're just like, I don't know, it's 2 a.m. and You're at Walmart, you know, buying junk food and you walk past that $5 bin or that $3 bin. And there's a lot of movies that you've heard about uh, or that you wanted to watch. And they're like super discounted. It's like, why not? And then you end up, you know, (laughs) carrying like 10 DVDs to your car. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, all this talk. And at the end, I ended up not watching the DVD because it was on HBO Max. And (laughs) I just just watched it there.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I've loved this movie since I first saw it back in 2006 when it came out. I was working in a cinema at the time, which I'm, I'm sure you understand and appreciate. When you're working in a cinema, you just kind of watch anything. Mm-hmm. And cinema had just opened. They bought out this little art house cinema in my town and they built this this larger one. And at the time, they were really trying to like cater to everyone, which was a weird thing because they'd be showing these huge blockbusters and then these little indie films like this. And I remember I was working- you know, ushering one day and I walked in to a cinema and the trailer for this was playing. And I think I've told this story on the show before, but this guy sitting down the front when the trailer ended just yelled out, Art House. <laughs> <Which> I just <laughs> thought was hilarious. <laughs> Topher and I occasionally say that to each other. But um, yeah, I think this movie is so exceptional. So I'm really happy to be be able to talk about this with you.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't think- I was aware of it until it got the, the nomination for Jackie Earl Haley. And by then it wasn't in theaters anymore. I think um, if it got a re-release, I, I didn't catch it. Uh, and so it's just been kind of one of those movies that were just there. And then I bought it, you know, based on that, I I'm pretty sure I didn't even know Kate Winslet was in it. Uh, when I, when I bought it and it's just like after the fact, I also didn't know that, uh, Tom Perotta was the writer. Mm,
0: uh, yep.
1: uh, I'm a huge leftover fan. And, uh, that you know, I've been meaning to read the leftovers, uh, and now I have to add also little children to <laughs> the list of yeah. books by Tom right that book. I need to that I need to read. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's there's so many things that Todd Field I love in the bedroom. Um, so I thought until I was looking up his IMDb, I, I that's when I realized that I kept getting Todd Field and Todd Haynes uh, confused. So I was like, oh, I watch a whole bunch of movies by this guy. And then I was like, oh, no, Todd Field only did In the Bedroom and then this one. As far as uh, Todd Field, he's, you know, I don't know if you've seen In the Bedroom, but I, it, that was a fantastic movie. I It was the first movie I watched in movie theaters when I first moved to the United States. Um, right. It was great. The second movie, and I, I was just talking about this with a friend uh, a few days ago, the second movie was Queen of the Damned. So that was quite a contrast. <laughs> but... Uh, in the bedroom i was blown away i didn't know what i was walking into uh kind of like this movie i i went in not knowing anything i hadn't seen the trailer or anything and uh i was like all right well i wonder what this guy will do next and i guess what he did next was little children several years later um i all i knew was that jackie Haley had gotten a best supporting actor nomination for playing a pedophile or at least that's what i thought it was about um but it's not really about that.
0: <laughs> I mean- no, it's not. No. So, Little Children is a 2006 American drama film directed by Todd Field, as he said, based on the 2004 novel of the same name by Tom Perota, who co-wrote the screenplay with Field. It stars Kate Winslet, Patrick Wilson, Jennifer Connelly, Jackie Earl Haley, Noah Emmerich, Greg Elderman, Phyllis Somerville and Will Lyman. And I'm going to make you do this, Julio. What is it about?
1: Uh well, I've been thinking about that for a while, Billy. <laughs> Basically, the movie ended. Uh, it's it's that that old chestnut uh, of uh, I guess suburban hell, kind of like American Beauty. The whole like these people they they're so beautiful and they live in these beautiful houses and they're so white, but underneath <laughs> the pain. Uh, the the dissatisfaction the with their lives. Uh, I don't know what you call the genre, but it's just basically you know you you grew up to be an adult. you got married. you had kids now you hate it. Uh, Kate Winslet has a little girl. Patrick Wilson has a little boy. They're both on the surface happily married. Uh, they start an affair because that's how they they fulfill their needs. Uh, basically, the movie builds up to a point where they need to decide if if this is just basically something that, that can go long-term uh, or or if they need to be realistic and just end it. And uh, in the background, there's a, the Jackie O'Haley subplot where basically this perfect community uh, suddenly has this this really ugly detail <laughs> that has moved back into, into their neighborhood. Uh, most of the movie, I was wondering when and how these two storylines would come together. Um, and it almost looked like they weren't going to. <laughs> I was, yeah, was yeah. going to knock knock some points off my final score if it ended up not being something that, that really came together at the end. But it, but it did. And, uh, I mean, we can talk about how they do it and what it means in the long term. But I guess, ultimately, what is the plot of this movie? Uh, it's about two adults struggling to find satisfaction in their life and... Uh, because they're not happy, even though they have, in theory, the the perfect uh, the perfect families.
0: Yeah, I think, to me, what ties all these storylines together, and the book is very similar, the book um, focuses even more on some of those secondary characters. I would say that really there are the, like the seven main characters that kind of intersect, and, and not, not even necessarily intersect that heavily, as you kind of alluded to. But for me, I think Tom Perota is such a great, Writer and I know you're a big fan of the leftovers. Have you seen or read Election? Is that Tom Peroda as well? That's Tom Perrotta as well. Oh, yeah. that's
1: awesome. Okay, so now I have three books by Tom Perrotta that I need to read. <laughs> I I really like
0: Election. Election, I think, is one of the best comedies of of the the nineties. It's so so funny, and I think this is such a great story. That it, it is kind of hard to define the genre because you could almost label this as a, a black comedy in some ways, even though it's not really all that funny. Um, but to me, it's a story about yearning and about it's almost a coming of age story for adults, I think, where where you reach <laughs> that point where you're like, am I happy and do I actually know what will make me happy, you know, like, you know, when you have those thoughts about, oh, this, this will make me happy, I'll do this, and, and then I'll be okay, and you do that, and then you realise that, you know, you can look at it even on a smaller level, like buying junk food, you can be like, alright, I'll 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 smash a Big Mac, and then I'll be happy for the rest of the day, and then you eat it, and you realise it's actually just made you really unhappy. <laughs> to me, that's kind of what this movie is about, all these characters are just trying to figure out what it is, you know, and even Jackie L O'Haley, he, he doesn't want a grown woman and he knows that and he's not happy about that and i love the way that the film treats all of its characters with this level of sympathy like none of these people are, are good people really they're all doing bad things yeah but but the way the movie treats them as characters they're all Likeable in their own way. Even Jackie o'haley Haley, there are there are huge mm. moments where you feel huge <laughs> amounts of sympathy for him. I think, and then the next scene, you're like, oh no, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I was I was actually surprised
1: by how challenging his character was because uh, I guess my my assumption was that he had gotten a nomination for playing uh, a sympathetic pedophile. That was like I was mm. like, that sounds like that's what would fit with what the academy the academy rewards and. Uh, it, and you don't really see much of him for at least half the movie. You just hear people talking about him. And uh, when you first meet him, is that awesome scene that takes place at a at the pool where yeah. I think like half the neighborhood is there. Uh, and uh, and then he kind of sneaks in and goes and starts swimming. And I I, I was, you know, it, it looks creepy. Uh, by the time when, when he finally gets kicked out, he's like, you know, I was hot and I was trying to, to just cool off. But... The way he goes about it, and and you know the the yeah. way that it's shot, it's meant to unsettle you because he's floating. That's in, right. Yeah, he goes, he dives underwater, and he has all the little legs from all the kids,
0: you know, swimming yeah. around them. So uh, he's got goggles on. He, you know, he knows that they make it clear at the start that his rules of parole are that he's not allowed within certain, you know, zones, right? Town, anywhere where children are, basically. So he knows he's doing the wrong thing. And yeah, you're right. You're meant to be unsettled. But then when he gets out and he. You know, calls out. I was just trying to cool off. Some small part of you feels bad for him, even though it shouldn't.
1: <laughs> well, I I thought that I was misjudging him. I it, because up until when he finally we finally get you know a proper scene with him, uh, voiceover included, and we'll talk about the voiceover because I I have things to say. But uh, <laughs> uh, at, at one point, it's just entirely clear that he does have a problem, because for a while, what I was thinking is maybe he was uh, convicted, but in a way, uh, you know, that doesn't mean he's a pedophile. You know, it's, it, I was hoping that it would be, or I was assuming it, it was one of those things where like, oh, you know, he was peeing in a park and, and there was a kid around. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Uh, but no, it turns out that no, he actually, he is attracted to kids. So he really is as dangerous as as the community thinks he is. Yeah. And, and uh, so that, once that was settled, it was, it was just a lot harder to follow that character. Right. Uh, and I, I think that you're right. I mean, there is ultimately by the time that everything is said and done, I think that the movie shows him more compassion than even Kate Winslet, that is to Kate Winslet or Patrick Wilson, uh, because I guess his story is ultimately maybe the most tragic. Uh yeah. But but I was you know, there's this point in the movie where he goes out on a date after his mom has been nagging him throughout on a date so he goes out on a date with this woman that's that has plenty of issues of her own and it looks like it's going well and then he she's finally gotten comfortable with him and he basically turns on her uh, he you know she's driving him and they stop and then he starts masturbating in front of her and it was just i as as the audience, that was when I kind of just cut off ties with the character I was like all right this is it's it's too much you know I uh I couldn't really get behind him from that moment I was 100% with the community I was like okay this guy's a threat I mean I know he's he's sick but I I really can't look away anymore you know he really is yeah. it's it's the, the the danger that you know this guy Noah Emmerich you know he he's kind of a buffoon most of the movie and you think that he's blowing things out of proportion and he is but but in the end he's right about Jackie Helly basically being this this Threat in the neighborhood, uh, yeah. And so, I-, I was not expecting that. You know, I, I really, I I walked away from it uh, more challenged by the Jackie Earl Haley character than I thought. I thought that it was just going to be a clear cut uh, thing that, okay, oh, he got an Oscar because he probably will get a speech towards the end where he's just raging against the community for demonizing him when he really didn't deserve it. But
0: yeah, yeah. In
1: the end, he he kind of deserved it. You know, as as harsh as that
0: may sound. No, yeah, yeah. And it is is—it is interesting that he did get nominated for this, given, as you say, there, there isn't a big speech moment. Like, I'm almost trying... I know that I watched the Oscars that year, but I'm trying to picture what scene they would have played as, like, his his Oscar moment, you know, when they're showing the clips. And I'm like, he really is... As you said in this movie, there's large chunks where he, you don't even meet him until maybe 40 minutes into the film, really. Um, and his character is, not, like... Even supporting is almost a stretch because I do think it's more thematically where his character ties in. But yeah, he's he's not a huge part of the movie, really.
1: Yeah, if I had known that he had gotten the nomination, uh, I would have thought that that the, the purpose of his character was just to be sort of this this threat in the background that kept the community tense. But I wouldn't have expected his story or that that plotline to you know, to come to anything, um, at least not until I started seeing him, you know, with his mom. And, and and then you saw that, well, they're actually giving some screen time to this guy, so there there has to be a payoff down the line, which there is.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about the acting then while we're talking about, you know, the Oscars and Jackie L. Haley. I... I- adore, as it sounds like you do, Kate Winslet. I think she's fantastic and she's great in this film. Yes. This is also the film where I really fell in love with Patrick Wilson, too. I think he is such an underrated actor. And I think much like his character, I think he kind of gets forgotten about because he is so handsome. (laughs) I think (laughs) the prom king is a pretty perfect nickname for Patrick Wilson because he is fucking beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And he hasn't aged, really. I- I know it's insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not even that he's aged gracefully. He looks the same now as as he did back then, which is crazy. But um, yeah. yeah, I like him a lot too. I I don't know. I, I, you know, I can't. I was trying to I was trying to figure out if my wife wanted to watch the movie with me. And I was like, I haven't watched the trailer. I can't really tell you what it is about, but you can just look it up if you want to. And so she was looking at the cast, and she's like, who's Patrick Wilson? And I was trying to think of movies that I could tell her, you know, that was like, well, you know, he was in Watchmen. She hasn't, hasn't seen Watchmen. Uh, you know, she hasn't seen uh, oh, that western that he was in. I was talking about it with Alex the other day. But, uh, uh, you know, she he's you can't think of a big mainstream movie that he's in that you can mm. point and be like, and that was when he became a star. But but if you watch a handful of movies, if you consider yourself a, a film buff, you know about Patrick Wilson <laughs> and you know yeah. that he's, he's really good, you know, Hard Candy. Yeah. Yeah, my wife oh, has seen Hard Candy.
0: candy. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah, he's, he's great in Hard Candy, which was just a couple of years after this from memory. Or, or no, a couple of years before. I think Hard Candy was 2005, actually. Yep. Um, yeah. And Jennifer Connelly as well. I think it's it's I had actually forgotten how large a part of this film her character was but she's she's really great in this movie too.
1: Yeah, she's she's really good. I, I there is I mean, I don't know. It it, it, it gets tricky when you're uh you know, they are all fantastic actors. To me the the big hurdle maybe and it's not it's it's almost comical because I don't I don't really mind it, but then when I sat back and I was thinking about it, it it bothered me a little bit and that's that the movie has to sell you on the fact that this guy uh, has the perfect wife, Jennifer Connelly, right? She's beautiful. She's successful. She is, you know, she seems fine. She puts up with him. He, he, he's failed the bar twice and doesn't seem to be very interested in succeeding the third time. And she's so patient. She defends him when, when, uh, when the in-laws are kind of criticizing him, you know, she seems great. And, uh, and so, I understand that what the movie's trying to tell you is, like, he is, you know, he's unfulfilled, and then he finds Kate Winslet, and she is everything that, that Jennifer Connelly isn't, um, right? She's kind of a mess, and that part I buy, but when they try to tell you that, he even describes it, you know, like, oh, Kate Winslet, well, you know, she is not beautiful, like, Jennifer Connelly is beautiful. She was, uh, yeah, you know, she's like a tomboy and she has thick eyebrows yeah. and what. And I was <laughs> like, eyebrows I... are thicker
0: than he thought necessary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I don't buy it. She still looks like Kate Winslet, and I'm sorry, man. I yeah. Mean, she's wearing overalls that's like the main thing that distinguishes <laughs> her from from jennifer connelly but they you're still your your big existential moment is choosing between two gorgeous women so yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was a little hard to buy because kate winsley is such a great actress because everybody's you know there's such good actors and because there is more going on uh, in, in this relationship than just looks i i can roll with it but when it was over i was thinking you know If this movie had cast somebody that was not as uh, traditionally attractive as Kate Winslet, if you really cast somebody that was, you know, that didn't look like a movie star, uh, then you would have a much more interesting story because, you know, I I think that when it's all over, I'm like, she's going to land on her feet because she's Kate Winslet. (laughs) But if she was somebody else, you know, that was just, like I said, that didn't look like well. At the very least, she can get by on her looks, the way that Patrick Wilson gets by on his looks. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would have been a little more concerned. Uh, it, it, I mean, but that said, she's fantastic. I mean, they're they're just so good uh, in in all those moments they have together, and then even when they're uh, when they're apart. I, I don't think there's like a weak spot in in this in yeah. this cast.
0: Yeah, and I I do. Th- it is a tricky issue because while I understand what you're saying, she's so great in the role, and I think. Like she has this way of exuding personality, which is beyond looks. And I think, while, yes, she's Kate Winslet and she's such an attractive woman, I think just by looking at her, her facial expressions, you can you can feel that you know she she's not a confident woman, and she doesn't think she's attractive, and therefore she isn't. Like you know, there are those people who they they're just they're more attractive because they know they're attractive. Right. And there are those people who, while they're pretty, if if they don't feel pretty, they don't look it. And I think that she does a pretty good job of, of carrying that across in this film, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I think that, you know, the story works. I just think that there's some moments that would hit you more powerfully if it was uh, if somebody was that was, you know, a little yeah. overweight or who had like, who, who really, who had a, I don't know. I mean, you know, I can only think of the extremes. I was going to say a unibrow, but, you know, it should have become <laughs> a comedy.
0: Uh, I know, they, they should have cast Eugene Levy in Kate Winslet's role. <laughs> I think that that's a problem that Hollywood has in general, though. I found the same thing with, um, I don't know if you saw or read The Girl on the Train. But I, I loved I that book, and I could not stand the movie. Partially, I think it was just not very well executed. But casting Emily Blunt in that role just did not work for the exact same reason. This woman's complete meant to be a complete mess, an alcoholic, frumpy older woman. And, and there you've got beautiful Emily Blunt. It just it made the whole story not work for me.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a problem that they just I imagine both actors and actresses have. At some point, they just become movie stars. And then when you see them in the movie, then you no longer think- uh oh well that's a guy that's just like me or that's just a guy that's like you know like that girl i a a woman that's just like that girl i just saw you know down the street it's like oh no it's a movie star so they're they have like an edge a a little advantage over the the standard you know person and in this case you know even though they're meant to be you know uh, yeah well-to-do people that are living kind of like the lives that some of us wish we had i guess uh there's still, you know, I, I wish there had been that contrast a little more. But it's, you know, again, the movie works anyway. I just when it was over, I was thinking about, it and I it was like, you know, it was still Kate Winslet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But how do you feel about about where where they? Because we're talking about, you know, the, the compassion that that they show, uh, uh, Jackie or Haley towards the end. Um, it, how do you feel about where their story ends? Because I, I had to sit back and think. I, I'm like, I like it, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure why, um, because, I mean, I guess, first of all, were you rooting for them to, to end up together?
0: I, it's, that's a really interesting question. I, I can't say that I was or I wasn't. And it, I think it's a really interesting film because it doesn't, it kind of ends almost halfway through the story in some ways. You left kind of, you know, what is the comeuppance for these people? You know, like what happens to their lives and their relationships now? Do they go back to their partners? <laughs> like you know, I think it it's an interesting and, and this is where I think thematically the film really works for me is that like there's no question the little children the title is referring to is are these two the adults. It's, it's Patrick Wilson and Kate Winslet who they're acting like little children they 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 don't know what it is they want. They're trying to and that's why. I said earlier, to me it feels like a a coming-of-age story for adults where, you know, I I don't think this is a story that's that's told often enough, is that adults don't always have it all together and don't always know what it is they want. So, it's not so much that I wanted them to get together, I think I just wanted them to grow up. (laughs) And to me that's where I think the film does end perfectly, because they both kind of realise that you know, they're being silly. They're acting childish. You know, they're making out on a football field after dark like they're, you know, 15 years old. And, you know, like, I think when he realises that he's not this skateboarding rock star (laughs) and she realises that she was literally putting her child in danger and that is the moment when they decide to, I guess, move on. Yeah, I, I do feel quite satisfied by the ending yeah um, I, I, you don't
1: um I, I have mixed feelings because yeah. i'm trying to i guess i wasn't sure what it was telling me uh, not in a bad way i'm as in more as in like oh i'm gonna have to think about this for a while because i i don't know that they move on i i, I guess what i wanted for the characters was i guess like you said to to grow up uh maybe in a a bigger sense i wanted them to be happy uh yeah i i stopped investing in their relationship at some point because it started uh, the movie i mean i this is intentional i think the movie at first it paints the relationship as this really good thing and then as it goes on and they start lying especially patrick wilson because uh, uh they don't really focus too much on on kate winslet's husband but uh patrick wilson starts asking really like sneaky and sleazy around uh around his wife kind of like having this big smile of like i'm getting away with something and then so then it stops feeling like it it started feeling like oh this guy's just cheating on his wife (laughs) you know yeah Uh, yeah but but i do still want i mean this is somebody who we met and obviously he was not happy with where he was in his life and same thing about kate winslet and so i wanted them to find a place where they were happy uh or don't, but, you know, to me, that was the ultimate question, right? Rather, halfway through the movie, it's like, it's not about whether they're going to end up together or not, but whether they're going to uh, find a way to happiness. And I I felt like the movie, the way it ends, it's more like they settle, uh, but in different ways. I, I think that, yeah, Patrick Wilson kind of, you know, he injures himself skateboarding, and uh, and he's being loaded into the ambulance, and he has, like, kind of a smile, and... To me, that was pretty dorky. That was, <laughs> you know, he's just an idiot. It, it, it yeah. Uh, it, it's more like, yes, he has that realization. I guess that he's not a skateboarder, and I guess he's not the kind of man that would just leave his family. And, uh, but does that mean that he's going to be happy when he gets out of the hospital and he goes back to regular life? I, I don't know. I didn't see an indication of that. And I, it's not that I need to, but on that end it just felt like all right well he's just going back to the same and in kate winslow's case it felt even worse because she was even more all in on this on this escape uh i felt like she she was kind of trying to be the voice of reason and then patrick wilson convinced her to run away together and then uh and then he stood her up basically and yeah. and if not for the encounter with with Jackie or Haley uh, towards the end you know i don't know how long she would have been in that in that park but uh to me it was really sad to see her basically resign herself to just go back to this marriage that doesn't make her happy to this house that she doesn't feel like it's her own um i mean i'm glad that she came to her senses because through that last sequence, I was thinking, man, you can't just take your child, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you, Patrick yeah. Wilson was yeah. at least leaving his kid behind, but she can just like take her kid. I mean, that was the <laughs> yeah. cops were going to be on it's them kidnapping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it was just sad it, it, to me. It was it was not like oh they moved on. Was, to me, it just felt like all right. Well, they tried to escape, and and it didn't work out for several reasons uh so i guess to me it reads like a little more of a downer of an ending i i don't think uh yeah i don't think Kate Winslet is you know she doesn't win in the end she goes back to what she hated and uh and Patrick Wilson, I think she he's trying to fool himself into thinking that he's going to be happy, but I don't know how long that would last. But it just felt like a bummer, especially when contrasted with uh, the other thing that's happening while we see all this, which is Noah Emmerich, who's been the biggest asshole through the entire movie, actually getting a shot at redeeming himself by saving the life of Jackie O'Haley. Uh, now, that is, you know, v- triumphant when compared to the other two things. You know, you... You end the movie there, and I think, all right, well, Noah Emmerich is going to be kind of a new man and has a new life, a new lease on life after after the events of this movie. You know, he found a way to turn that yeah. corner. Uh, so it was it was fascinating. I mean, it was all this going on, and it, it's the kind of movie that basically, uh, you know, it, you're meant to think about after <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I love talking about movies like this where, you know, we can have these differing opinions. Because to me, I think what really ties this movie together, and I, I brought up before is the, the themes and stuff. I think it's it's all that question of, is happiness something that you can actually manifest for yourself? You know, like- like, kids, little kids just do whatever they want. Like, oh, I've got kids and there's no stopping them from doing something. If they want to climb a tree, they'll just do it. And if they fall down and hurt themselves, then whatever, they'll they'll cry for a minute and then they'll climb it again because they've forgotten that instantly. And as adults, we lose those instincts, I think. And, you know, we we do kind of settle, I think, quite a bit. And I think to me, that's really what the end of the film is about is, is it possible to manifest happiness by doing something or are you just being silly by doing that? And you know, like you might think you know what makes you happy. Like the whole movie, no, Emmerich's character you know, he thinks what makes him happy is bringing this guy down and, and being a bully and trying to redeem himself that way. But what he really wants is to help people. You know, re- like even even this yep. guy who, as you say, there's nothing. By the end of the film, you definitely don't feel like there's redemption for Jackie O'Haley Haley, and he knows that, which is why he does what he does. But even in that moment, what Noah Emmerich really wants is to just help this guy, and and I, I think that's you know that's the same for Kate Winslet and and Patrick Wilson's character is is what do they really want and. How do they achieve that? Like, okay, what they want is happiness. Like you said, do they achieve that by running away together, or, or you know, is there something they can, you know, without actually hurting people? And yeah, I I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. But I mean, maybe that's just me reading into it.
1: No, I think that it's, uh, you know, I I know that this is it. But a fundamental, a fundamental difference between the two of us is that you have kids and I don't. And I think that there is. I imagine that once you have kids, you know, it's like you make enough compromises, I think, uh, when you marry someone. You know, the moment that you decide that you're going to spend the rest of your life with somebody, that means that the days of, oh, well, I can do whatever I want whenever I want, those are over. Yeah. And then I can imagine that increases exponentially when you have kids because, well, now it's, even less so. <laughs> you have to think yeah, of not just your yeah. wife, but your kids. And uh, uh, but that is generally, hopefully, a, a, a sacrifice, a compromise that you make happily because of what you get in yeah. return. So absolutely, yeah. Uh, but what happens when that's not working out, right? Which is what's happening with these people. Uh, and so, but I think that maybe you're you're able to like maybe enjoy their their small wins or maybe they're just you know if you take like the fact that they did not go and do something absolutely crazy that was not going to fix their lives uh you can take that as a win and i guess i wanted more (laughs) i wanted to like at least fix their lives and and as you were talking i was thinking and you know what Uh, a problem is that the way that their their partners are uh presented because like i said jennifer connelly is presented as a very sensible very patient she's she's great uh Whereas uh, Kate Winslet's husband, like the most we know about him, he seems kind of a he seems kind of a dick, and then he has the big scene where she catches him uh, masturbating, you know, to a porn site. He had ordered like the porn stars' panties, and you know, it's not he's not presented in a flattering light. And uh, but I was thinking the perfect ending would have been for Kate Winslet to end up with somebody that's like Jennifer Connelly. You know, if, if Kate Winslet was leaving uh, a partner, a spouse that was like Jennifer Conley, then I would have been like, you need to go back. You need to figure out your shit and just, you know, take this work. (laughs) But when the way that her husband is presented, I don't have any, you know, faith in this marriage. So to me, it was always better for her to leave. Uh, Whereas like with Patrick Wilson, the way that he was treating uh, Jennifer Conley, I was like, it's better if he doesn't come back because it's better for her in the long run. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting the way we read those. And I must say, I agree with you. This movie actually did hit me differently watching it this time now that I have kids. I, I think the last time I saw it was was before I had kids and it definitely does hit differently. But I, yeah, I don't think necessarily that Kate Winslet will go back to her husband. I think the movie makes it pretty clear to me that that's done. I think it's more just that she's decided she's doing it the wrong way, you know, like just rushing into another relationship like this without- Thinking about it, and you know, taking her kid isn't the right way to do it. And I think that, you know, if you flash forward, she she probably will leave her husband. And as for Patrick Wilson, who knows if if they'll work it out or not? It's also it's funny. I think there are also scenes where you are supposed to feel um, empathetic towards Patrick Wilson in that relationship too. I think you know when he's going through the. Uh, The bill that she's left for him and she's like, you know, do you really need these subscriptions? And he's like, I guess not. It's funny. There there are so many different ways you can read that depending on who you are. And I think the movie knows that. And that's why I think it takes this really great approach with its characters where everybody is grey. There's there's no heroes or villains in this film, really. I think everyone is just these huge shades of grey, which I think is, you know, it's what the film is telling us about suburbia. That sounds like a good transition to voiceover because i think the voiceover that's exactly helps, what yeah. i was gonna bring up yeah yeah so i got the vibe earlier that you weren't a fan of the voiceover oh no no no, no.
1: i am a big fan
0: <laughs> oh good oh cool all right because there's two schools of thought there's and i know that you're a writer there are lots of writers who are like voiceover is lazy i adore the voiceover in this film
1: yeah i i like voiceover in general i uh, i mean even from the the first voiceover bit that we got here i just i perked up i was like oh it's that kind of movie and, and yeah. it, i liked it it's uh, but even before he yeah, you know i don't have a problem with voiceover i, I know uh, uh, that yes the i guess general wisdom is voiceover sucks if you use voiceover you, you know you probably don't need to and uh, and you use voiceover it better not be telling you something that you can just Express visually or something that's already happening or whatever and uh i i think that that's something that gets taught and it gets repeated so much because yes voice o- bad voiceover is terrible but that doesn't mean that you can't use it that doesn't mean that it's a tool that should never be used uh it's just that i think you need to know why you're using it and uh like any rule it can be broken it can be bent if it suits your your story and in this case i mean you could make the argument, I think, that you could remove the voiceover, and you have such good actors, that would still get the the overall feeling that the voiceover is going for, right? I mean, if you... Mm. I don't need the voiceover to tell me specifically what's going through Kate Winslet's head as she's, of, of course, watching yeah. her friends, or, well, friends in quotation marks, talk about, you know, their lives, or as she watches Patrick Wilson, you know, walk by with the stroller, but she's a really good actress. Everybody here is a really good actor, so I her their facial expressions their body language that's enough but the voiceover does add something uh for one it's like there's something to just hearing it verbalized uh mm. if it's well written it's it's a plus second i just love the tone of it i think this this yep. this really deep male voice it sounds like you're watching a documentary and suddenly it just at least in my case it just put a distance between me and the characters uh you know, that kind of told me you're not really meant to relate to them, which ends up That's being right. you know yeah. what happened in the movie. It's where these are like subjects of study, and we're gonna tell you what the you know adult female does and what the adult yeah. male does, and it, it was just fascinating. I don't think they overdo it, but when they deploy the the uh, uh, the voiceover, it's it's very effective, and it also it's just very telling because you know you get it for Kate Winslet, you get it for. uh Patrick Wilson and then halfway through the movie you get it for Jackie Earle Haley and and that's telling you something that's telling you okay well you need to this character is is more than you than you thought you know because back then when the movie came out we didn't know you know I guess he was he was a child actor you know but this was his big return yeah. so now, yeah, I watch it and I'm like, oh, it's Jackie O'Haley. So, I expect that his character is going to have some weight. But back then, you didn't know. So, I think that it was very smart to just have that that moment of like, okay, just so you know, the 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 pedophile, you know, he is a main character. We're going to follow him. So, we're going to give you a little bit of voiceover to just get you ready. I I really, really like it. I, I don't know. What's your experience with it?
0: Yeah, no. Sam, I, I love it. I think, firstly, the way it's written and the way it's presented is very literary. It's, um you know, there's... There's something just really nice about the prose, I think, and like you say, it, it's kind of documentary-like, but it's also in a strange way kind of fairy tale-like. You know, there's yeah. a little bit about it that's almost a little, you know, once upon a time, which I think is perfect for this story because it 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 is almost like a suburban fairy tale in a way. You know, like the the prince meets the princess, but, you know, of course things don't go right because that's not what this movie is. But there's something about it that just puts you in that headspace where you feel like you're being told a story. And I agree with you that the best thing about it is that it takes you out of the headspace of this is the main character or, that you know, every character is presented very equally because they're presented from this kind of third party's point of view, which is why I think there are moments where you can feel – Sympathy and disgust with all the characters, even secondary ones, because it, it, it doesn't, you know, like when you see bits of of Kathy, um Patrick Wilson's wife, you're not seeing it from his point of view necessarily. You're seeing everything from this third party, which I think really, really works for the film. So, I'm glad that you like the voiceover as well.
1: Yeah, I, I can see how the argument could be made that it's not necessary. Uh, but I think that just because... You can tell a story without it. Doesn't mean that it doesn't that it doesn't play a part. Like I said, I think it establishes a very specific tone that wouldn't be there if you didn't have the voiceover. So I I, I really like it. I uh, I just thought of a character that is not sympathetic at all, and that is that uh, the blonde woman that's part of her, uh, you know, the little group
0: of uh, of moms <laughs> that go out to the park. Uh, that's interesting. Even even her, I find like I don't think of her as a. As a villain in the story. And again, maybe it's because um, because I've got kids now and you, you do see all kinds of people <laughs> like at the park. They'll, and they'll turn you into that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you don't necessarily like everybody that you meet. And and it's funny when you have kids, you do, there, you, there, there comes a point where you kind of stop making friends and- Your kids make friends, and so you're kind of forced to hang out with their parents. You know, like my my eldest is now in, in kindy, so she's at school. So she started to make her own friends. And, you know, we go and we have to, you know, talk to the parents and stuff and, you know, sometimes you click with them and you might form your own friendship and sometimes it's like, okay, yep, yeah, we are clearly just here because our kids are here and that's what this is and that's okay. You're you and I'm me and it, that's kind of how I feel about that character. It's, she's not She's not a bad person. She's not the kind of person that you know she's clearly not the kind of person that Kate Winslet would be friends with but that's fine cuz there there'll be some people watching this movie who wouldn't want to be friends with Kate Winslet so
1: yeah like- but i think she goes out of her way to make kate winslet feel bad which is i guess where i draw the line um especially once they, once you get to the book club sequence <laughs> yeah she's just so mean spirited with everything she says uh yeah because you know she's i mean it's not about the book in the end it's about the fact that she knows that kate winslet and patrick wilson kissed and that's really the subtext to everything she says so that's to me that was crossing a line yeah yeah but you know i i do not go to parks to uh (laughs) to interact with uh with other parents (laughs) so yeah
0: (laughs) um I just think the filmmaking is, is lovely in this film. It's insane to me to think that this movie was, you know, 14 years ago. And Todd Field, after the one-two punch of In the Bedroom and then this, which are both so exceptional, hasn't made anything since. Because, like, that's a strong start for a director, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I looked on IMDb and he has, like, four movies that are just, I guess, in progress. Like, you know, in production or pre-production or whatever. Uh, so, hopefully something pans out. I mean, I know- there's some some directors that are just, uh, well, either projects fall through or they're just very picky with what they decide to make, I guess, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that he has things in the works because that means that at least he's still making a living out of, you know, directing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. I didn't, when I saw that that was the last thing he directed, it was... Uh, It was a little shocking, especially you know. Once I realized that he wasn't Todd Haynes, I was like, "All right, well that's (laughs) that's crazy." He's he's really good. I honestly I don't remember much visually about in the bedroom. I haven't seen it since it came out, Uh, but this was this looked so good. And uh, I mean that that sequence at the pool when uh, the Jackier Haley sequence, the way that uh, the way that he shoots it, uh, it was just kind of a. You know, it feels weird to say breathtaking about a sequence that basically involves a pedophile jumping into a public pool and, you know, swimming among kids and whatever. But it was, you know, the, there's so many things going on in the in that sequence. Uh, and uh, so he kind of he gives it the scope, I think, that was necessary that up till that point in the movie was not there. I mean, up till then, everything's looked great. You know, everything looks very pretty uh, because it's meant to. uh but here you have this sort of, uh, you know, like that, that thing that's being uh, bubbling underneath, it finally comes to light. And here's this guy, this threat, and he's like swimming in the pool and everybody's freaking out. And uh, I, I did have like a little bit of like a Jaws feeling when everybody's just like yeah. rushing out of the pool. And you have yep. the big overhead shots of, you know, the people just scrambling out. And then it's just him in the pool while everybody else is surrounding the pool. It was just great. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I... I think the rest of the movie is great, but to me, that was visually, that was like the high
0: point. Yeah. So, how are you scoring it?
1: Uh, I am. So I do four out of five. You guys do out of ten, right? So out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say eight out of ten, with the potential to move up to nine once I rewatch it and you know just connect with it a little more. Uh, sometimes you get just like a very clear cut thing, but like I said, this movie is one of those that wants you to think about it. Wants it, wants you to like let it marinate. Um, but still 8 out of 10 i mean that's it's really good i would recommend it that's to anyone
0: good score nice yeah i'm i'm a 9 out of 10 it's very high in my list of favorite films i just think it's it has so much to say and and like you say it's one of those movies that you really can just let marinate and and think about um, which I I just adore. And I, I, lo- I love love stories, as, and for some reason, especially ones that don't have happy endings. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's because I grew up listening to The Cure so heavily, but, <laughs> like, to me, this is is my jam. So, yeah, I love it. I would highly recommend reading the book if you're a reader at all. Tom Perota is a great author. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Which, actually, I won't spoil it for you, but I will say that the book ends quite differently. Oh. Yeah. Um, which I won't. I won't say whose storylines end differently, but read it and, and then come back to me.
1: <laughs> I think
0: did he do? Did he write
1: this one before or after election? After election, oh, yeah. Okay. So this
0: was two thousand four. I think he wrote the book from memory. So like two years before this came out.
1: Okay, I should I should um, read them in order. I think I'm gonna do election, little children, and then uh, the leftovers.
0: Yeah. Elections interesting. Election reads much more like a young adult book. I was surprised when I picked it up. It's very thin and it's very in its its prose, it's a lot less mature, but I guess that's that's obviously what he was going for with the style and stuff. But yeah, all great books, all great movies. Yep. <laughs>
1: that's I'm definitely I mean I don't know when I'll I'll get to read something. I mean, I know our, our mutual friend Sam uh that's that's next on my reading list. Uh, yeah. And after that, I might just have to to put Perotta there, you know? Yeah. Tough Hul- act to follow, Tom Perotta, following Sam Hurley. <laughs> yeah. But, you know.
0: Well, yeah, of course. Nothing's going to beat Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, Hulu. I really appreciate it. Tell everybody where they can find your excellent, excellent show. Uh, well,
1: we are the Contrarians. You can look us up on your Podcatcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, Stitcher, wherever. Uh, The Contrarians, uh, our website is wearethecontrarians.com. Just uh, check us out there. The conversation, conversation like I just had with with Billy, that comes on the second half of the (laughs) episodes. The first (laughs) half of the episode. I don't know if we ever would have been able to do Little Children because, you know, some of the subject matter. I don't know, you can make jokes about pedophilia that work. Uh, So (laughs) we we probably wouldn't have done it. I don't even know what the Rotten Tomato score is on this one. But basically, we'll argue about the Rotten Tomato score of of a movie. If it's fresh, we talk about it like it's rotten if it's rotten we talk about it like it's fresh and then second half then we we dig deep and we tell you how we really feel uh i will definitely recommend alex watch it though we were just talking about how awesome patrick wilson is in general so i think he'll be happy to know that there's another movie that he can check out with him
0: (laughs) you guys have a great show i listen to it every week my listening has dropped off on a lot of shows with covid because i'm not commuting but i always make an effort to keep up on your guys because it's just it's so fun and and such a fresh idea the first half is always so funny and then i love just you real talk obviously like what we just did where you just give your real thoughts so because you guys are both so smart and funny I highly recommend it so, that makes right. me happy Thank you, Here very you very say much that. for joining <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. In the meantime, uh, next week, I will not have Topher with me still. <laughs> in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchtothing.com or wewatchtothing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchtothing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchtothing. And I'll catch you next week.